Welcome to The Birth Debrief, a safe place where women and families are invited to share their stories of pregnancy, birth and postpartum journeys. The Birth Debrief centers experiences that may be difficult for others to hear. We are lifting the lid on topics that aren't often spoken about. Loss, infertility, obstetric violence, birth trauma, discrimination, and so much more. If you are processing any trauma or pain from your parenting and birth experiences, please consider whether listening to these stories may be right for you at this moment in time. I'm in the process of developing a webpage where families can go to connect with services suited to helping them in processing their experiences. But in the meantime, if you aren't getting the support you need, please reach out to me and I will do my best to help you in any way that I can. In today's episode, I interview Charmaine. Charmaine is a mother of two living in Sydney with her partner Jody. She tells us about her two birth experiences and touches on various topics such as the cascade of interventions, deciding to home birth her second babe and her journey through battling a severe health complication while pregnant. I hope you enjoy this episode. Please feel free to reach out with any questions you may have and be sure to leave me a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts so that these stories can reach the people that need to hear them because that's what this is all about. Thank you so much for taking the time to have a chat to me today. I really appreciate it. Not a problem. It's great to be here. So I guess we should start with you introducing yourself. If you tell me a little bit about you and your family. Yep. Okay. I'm Charmaine. I'm 35 and I have a partner named Jody. and I have two beautiful girls, Esperance 3 and Florence, who is now 10 months old. She's so old now. <laughs> yes, she just started crawling a couple of days ago, Aww. so starting to baby-proof all the house. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know that feeling well. So how did your pregnancy with Esperance unfold? Tell me a little bit about, about all of that, all your journey, falling pregnant with her. Falling pregnant with Esperance was um, amazing. We went through IVF because we're both women. And um, I fell pregnant on the second time around, which was great. Pregnancy was really smooth, like not much morning sickness. And I just, I actually really loved being pregnant. Researched a lot of the health choices we wanted for our child, but um, we didn't realize how big the hospital system was going to be and how it doesn't necessarily support your choices. And, um, mm. We thought we were going in their eyes wide open, but not quite. We did the hospital course that was, I felt now it was very negative and it set us up for to accept interventions, I guess. And yeah, I, I laboured at home for ages, um, probably about 20 hours. And then we went in and um, they said, well, you're only two centimetres dilated, you can come back for induction tomorrow or the next day. And Esperance was about 10 days early and I thought we were going to talk to my midwife the next week about induction because that was the only thing I didn't research and I thought it was more like a stretch and sweep, but I was very wrong. And we decided to go ahead with induction and they started putting a cannula on my arm and I was like, what's going on? And they like, oh, we hook up a drip and we put some toast in it. I was like... I felt like it was already done and dusted and I, I didn't realise I could just say no 
And you don't want to inconvenience them almost. Like you feel like you just don't want to be a drama. Most definitely. Like it was it was really nerve-wracking because you just you truly don't know what you're in for from mm. your first birth. And I think unless you've had someone very close go through it before you and explain everything, you don't realise what you're up against. And, yeah, we laboured for quite a while and then one thing led to another. I ended up, I had gas and then... By the end, she just wasn't coming down and I I called for an epidural and I remember the anaesthetist saying that there was really no point doing this because I just like started to have like a real heavy push and I kind of wish he just backed off and didn't. And then after I got the epidural, everything sort of slowed down oh. and then my obstetrician came in about one o'clock and um, she said, we're going to take you down to Pieta and we're going to try forceps and if not, we'll give you a cesarean. Was it pitched to you in that manner, like we're, we're going to do this or was it like a consultation and uh, asking no, you how it, you felt about it? And It was definitely pitched to us, we're going to do we're this. They this. didn't actually say, oh, you have a choice. Yeah. And I wish we had hired a doula but... We just, I don't know, we, we went in there very naive. That's kind of the baseline for people who fall pregnant the first time anyway. Like, I didn't know what a doula was even at that point, and I think that that's kind of, that's average, that's standard. Yeah, definitely. It's a very typical first pregnancy and birth experience, you know, not knowing that you have options and not knowing what your choices are. Definitely. I didn't um, at any point in the hospital system feel empowered, mm. but... I was I wasn't upset that I had a cesarean. I was just disappointed that we weren't fully informed and I was lucky I had no breastfeeding problems and all yeah. of that, but I I knew from the day like Esperance was born that next time I had another baby that it wasn't going to be in the hospital system and I sort of did want a home birth the first time, but we just didn't know enough about it, mm. but I knew that next time that that was what I was going to do. Did the realisation of you feeling disappointed about not having options and choices presented to you, did that come after her birth? Like did you realise in the moment that that's what was happening or it came after once you had time to process what had happened and yeah. in your postpartum? The disappointment came after. Like mm. I really did want a natural birth but I just hadn't done enough groundwork to realise that having – a natural birth in hospital it's not just luck there's yeah. a lot of preparation that goes into it and um I definitely fell short in that first birth I knew that I wouldn't in the second so it's really hard that you you think that making the choice to have a natural birth should just be that it should just be a choice but you there's so much more that goes into it and it's really sad that to make the choice to have a natural birth, you need to do all of this emotional work and prepare yourself to be strong in the moment and to stand up for your rights, you know. It's hard, it's it's really shitty that you can't just go in and go, yeah, I want a natural birth and know that your care providers are going to go, okay, sweet, we're going to have a natural birth. Yeah, that's so true. Like I think our care providers should be empowering um, women to try and succeed in the mm. choice they want, whether that's cesarean, whether that's natural birth. It doesn't matter. Like A hundred percent. It doesn't matter what the choice is that you're making. It should be, yeah, they, they should be supported. Definitely. So how was your, how was your postpartum with Esperance? 
It was good. I I did get out a lot and go see a lot of people. I think if I had stayed in home, I could have become quite depressed, but yeah. I I definitely made myself get out each day, even if it was just shopping for a couple of groceries. Like I made sure we got out, even if it was taking the dog for a quick ball throw or whatever. So at what, at what happened after then? At what point did you guys uh, know that you were always going to have another baby or...? Yeah, I think I just knew there was a second one there and um, my partner Jody definitely wanted another one. So about probably um, 16 months later, we decided to try for another baby and we fell pregnant first go and everything was going along smoothly up until around the 12-week mark, I think. And I was getting what I thought to be really bad ligament pain and I was going to the chiropractor and my midwife, we'd hired a private midwife because we had decided we were definitely having a home birth. She said to me by week 17, the pain should have started to go down now. Maybe you have gallstones or something because I rung her up one night in a lot of pain and I said, I think I need to go to hospital. And I thought, when she said gallstones, I thought, yep, I can do this, that's fine. Like, we'll just whip them out and we'll be (laughs) over this pain. We were in there for five days. Um, They had it, it took them quite a long time to diagnose me because they couldn't do MRIs and CAT scans. It was just all ultrasound. And um, on the fifth day, I think we were actually threatening to move hospital because we just weren't getting answers and we didn't really know what was going on. But then the main surgeon came into my room and he said, I don't think you should leave the hospital. Um, We need to tell you that you have fourth stage bowel cancer. I was like, it was just, it was like a brick had just, flown through the window and didn't know how to pick up the pieces like you, you're just you're so happy that you're carrying this little bubba and then uh, it feels like your whole world is just torn apart and I was trying really hard not to get upset I just I didn't want to let the fear creep in my partner was very emotional and I think the worst part of it was though they sort of gave us a few options and none of them were any really good to me. What, the first one was okay. They said you can just do surgery and then figure out what you want to do. second one was um, you could terminate the baby and I was, I was just like, are you kidding? I felt like small like little ball of fire on the bed just curled up just waiting to explode and scream and just say no I'm like that is not an option for me I just I just couldn't believe they even had the audacity to say that I mean they're just trying to lay out how serious it is but I was just um, I was like I'm not giving into the fear and then the next option was have surgery and then have chemo put in your belly and they call it a shake and bake and then they take the chemo out and they sew you back up. And then the fourth option was do surgery and then deliver at 28 weeks and then have chemo. And I was just, oh. none of these options sound very good to me. Oh. Like, And I, 
I asked the oncologist, oh, how many other women have you had have chemo with their babies in hospital? And she goes, oh, two people. And I said, well, that's not really a study, is it? No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm definitely not doing that. So after a couple of days passed, um, I think my partner had been quite fearful and she's like, what are we going to do? And um, I could feel a tiny bit of pressure from her to listen to them and do what they wanted to do, but I knew that if I just let her go on her journey of, I guess, grief and acceptance, she would come back. And about two days later she she came into the hospital with a spring in her step and she said, whatever you want to do, I fully support you and I said thank you it was it was really good I said I'm still having my home birth I said I will have the surgery because I know that I can't keep going on this way yeah I said but I'm definitely not having chemo and we'll figure it out so point were you just trusting that it would all work out like had you been doing your own research whilst you're in hospital or seeking other opinions I had a lot of mum friends giving me a lot of support and doing a lot of research and I was doing a lot of research and so was my partner. We were very informed of what was going to happen and um, I definitely knew too after the birth like I would want to breastfeed. So for me, having chemo wasn't even an option. And then the more we researched, I found out I had a, a syndrome called Lynch syndrome and Chemo is actually only 5% effective on it anyway, so there would have been no point. So for them to tell me to deliver at 28 weeks and have chemo was definitely the wrong advice. And so did you find out, did you find that out doing your own research or was that something that they told you? Oh, my goodness. No, we found out ourselves and um, my oncologist actually agreed with me. (laughs) <laughs> and even when we spoke to my surgeon, he, he said, if you are able to have a natural birth, it will be best for you because you don't want to be having two surgeries within four months of each other. Um, so he was really supportive. And we also got another, a second opinion from a second obstetrician out at Westmead with my private midwife. And he was supportive of us. Um yeah, we so I did lots of I went to the chiropractor a lot, did a lot of acupuncture, meditation, practice a lot of breathing and we went to she births course which was it was like going on a honeymoon. It just put so much love back in our life. It really set us up to feel very empowered and after that I'm sure you would have needed to regroup and kind of, you know, heal from that and kind of start start again and get back in get your mind back in the right place that it needed to be to be able to birth your baby. Yes, most definitely. So was that what happened after you left the hospital? So you were obviously having pain management and stuff like that in in hospital. What was the timeline um of surgery and, and all of that stuff after after leaving hospital? So I think we had surgery at 21 weeks and then it took about another two weeks to go home after that. And probably to heal it took about six weeks. We had changed all my diet, like we had taken any little bit of skerrick of sugar out and we were just eating super healthy and like I, I felt, I felt really good and I felt like I had more energy than before and we started a lot of meditation and 
light exercise and um, just really getting ready for this home birth, I guess. Yeah. Um, I just, for me, like, I guess out of all our choices that we were given, at no point we were given the choice to go full term and I just knew that we could do it and I knew that the baby would be safe and yeah. I knew that my health was under control. Um, and, yeah, we we ended up, um, we hired a jeweler as well and um, she was fantastic and we got her to document the whole birth, which we'll keep for our daughters so that they oh. know and can see birth as I guess another sacred day but not a scary day. Yeah. I want them to know how simple birth can be, how beautiful too. I think for us, like coming out of it emotionally well and safe was the biggest um, thing for us and and our little bubble was super healthy and You've almost got to separate your health issues from your birth because I feel like in the hospital system they're so often interlinked and they say well you've got this health complication which may be completely unrelated to your pregnancy and birth but they don't when you're in the hospital system they don't separate them you know what I mean it's like one and the same I had Graves disease when I was um, pregnant with my first and whilst that has no bearing on my pregnancy and birth at all, so many options were stripped from me for my birth choices just because I had an unrelated health complication. But when you're birthing at home and you can kind of make that mental barrier to, okay, so I've got this, we're going to deal with that, but it's I'm not going to let it affect my birth experience, then it's so much easier to deal with them separately. Yeah. Definitely, it they need to be put in separate boxes and yeah. treated differently, and because um, I just don't think it's fair to. I think that was another one of our fears. Like we knew that if we had to transfer to hospital from the home birth, it was not going to be well received. Yeah, so it would be high risk or something. Yeah, mm. in their eyes, I was high risk, but yeah. in anyone else's eyes, if they were just looking at my pregnancy at that stage I would have been quite healthy and like yeah. I had no diabetes and yeah I, it was it was hard but we I guess for me when I was meditating because I did not want to transfer to hospital in my mind hospital and transfer was just not an option and I think that's what drove me to be successful in my home birth and I, I just knew I'd get through it. Did you find it hard to put fears aside um, after your surgery and leading into your birth was it a constant like a reoccurring thing that you constantly had to work on that to kind of keep yourself in that mindset or was it easy enough for you to kind of keep along the path that you originally wanted because I can imagine that for some people that would be after having your boat rocked so hard that it would be hard to kind of keep in that positive mind frame of trying to achieve the birth that you originally wanted you know and not let those fears creep in for me once I set my mind to something I know that I'll achieve it yeah I'm pretty stubborn in that way (laughs) but I think what the hardest thing was convincing my partner um, because they just I guess in all of it they feel so helpless they can't really truly help and obviously they can be a great support but she wanted to know that 
everything was going to be fine and obviously we couldn't we don't know the outcome but I just kept reassuring her and we did a few appointments with another obstetrician to make sure but it wasn't until we did the she birth course that she turned to me after and she said you've got this you can do this we can do this and I was like oh finally (laughs) like I just wanted to dance around and just like (laughs) I was so thankful for she births because it was I think two she births was something that was outside our comfort circle and it was another person that she didn't know so there was no prejudgments coming in and um she just she listened to all the research and yeah because I I used to put up birth affirmations around the house and I'd leave birth books around for her to read hoping (laughs) she'd read them but it just wasn't getting through to her and I was like I just have to let her make her own decision. I think courses like that are are so amazing more so for the partners Um, because often if you know the the birthing woman is trying to find her way and she's committed but things like that are really good at bringing the partners up to speed and getting you on the same page. Yes, definitely. It um, it was so lovely. Tell me about your birth now. <laughs> oh gosh, where do I start? Oh, it was such a fantastic day slash night. I think in the morning I went to go get my partner a coffee. I took the dog for a walk, and I was coming home, and I went in the back gate, and I had to get up on my tippy toes and undo the lock. Just as I did that, and I did, I felt quite heavy down mm. below and all this water just came gashing out. Wow. And, I was like, oh. and then I got to the front steps and then it happened again. I was like, well, that is a lot of water. <laughs> Where last time with Essie it was just probably a little cup full of water and yep. then got into the shower and then another um, explosion of water. Wow. So I'd rung my midwife and but I wasn't really having contractions yet so I wasn't worrying I just thought we could be here all day how far along were you I was uh, 40 weeks and two days you must have felt so good getting past full term when all of the advice you had received in hospital was to you know to have the baby at 28 weeks and something like going into labor at 40 and two must have felt so good oh it was it was so excited I hadn't even had the baby yet yeah I was just like I have I've done the hardest part yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) definitely (laughs) and then yeah I think we even went out for lunch that day stayed home from work and then slowly people started coming over her sister and her mom and um yeah and then we had someone to help with Essie and I think at 10 o'clock that night I brung my midwife and I said I think I'm gonna go have a sleep I, I don't think I think we'll see you in the morning and she's like okay so she went to bed and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh gosh these contractions are coming on hard and <laughs> I put the tens machine on and I was like oh no nah, don't want that and ripped it off and I said Jody I'm just gonna get into the bath and have a quick bath and then as soon as I got into the bath I started trying to push and Jody's like oh she rung Joe back and um, she said, you better get in the car. And she's like, all right, have a shower. And then her mum and her sister started filling up the birth pool. And um, then I had to get down the stairs and I was having quite big contractions. And 
I think Jodie's mum freaked out. She's like, oh, my God, call an ambulance. Like, mm. midwife's not here yet. And Jodie's like, mum, we're not calling an ambulance. We're having a home birth. And I was like, oh, my God, what are they doing? And then she called her mum on the phone. She's like, what are you doing? Who are you talking to? And and her mum was like, oh, it's just your midwife. And Jodie's like, okay, that's all right. My doula, Jerusha, came in. And I think once she walked in, everyone just settled and it, it was calm and relaxing and yeah I was just in the pool pushing and I I felt like we were still a little way off but it was it was pretty intense and it was yeah it, I felt good in between the contractions yeah. like you would rest but yeah. you were kind of a little bit aware of what was going on but then you're always going in and out and and you you wouldn't have known what to expect either like with, with the pushing because you didn't experience that with with SP did you no, I only got to push once. It's funny how your body just takes over and it just knows what to do. Like yeah. we're so designed to birth. It's quite incredible. Yeah, I remember little conversations going on. I remember Joe and Jerusha talking because I don't think Bob was coming down, but I knew something wasn't quite right. I knew that we were not going anywhere either, but yeah. we. F- I found out at the end she was posterior right. and um, – my chiropractor actually came about 6 p.m. that night to adjust me and like usually she's super confident and tells me what way the baby is and this time she goes, oh, I can't tell you what way she's um, sitting because I'm not a midwife. And I was like, but you've told me every other time. But I just (laughs) sort of just was like, okay. And she said, let's do some kinesiology and we'll figure out what way you need to deliver and she said, oh, do you have a birthing chair? I said, no, I don't, but we might have an old camping chair that's never been used and it has a hole in it, but we didn't find that. And she said, well, <laughs> you need to sit up, arch your back back, and the baby will come out. And I was like, okay. So I was in the pool for quite a while and um, the midwives were, like, moving me around a bit, like putting me in different positions. And then finally they said, I think you should get out of the pool and they wanted me to crouch down and lean on Jodie's knees. Mm-hmm. But I took that as they wanted me to sit on Jodie and use her as a birthing chair because <laughs> I had remembered what my chiropractor said. And I did that and the baby came out in about two pushes. Like, I just I couldn't believe it. I just I think I slumped on the ground. I just held oh. her and oh, it was just so incredible. Oh, my goodness. I just, yeah, that whole morning such a blur but I remember – my doula helping me shower and then usually I'd be like, no, just leave me alone, but I needed her help and Aww. we all got into bed and everyone said goodbye and oh, it was just so nice ending up in your own bed with your two little children and falling yep. asleep. It was That's amazing. Yeah. It must have been partly intuition that you knew that that's what your body needed to get her out when they told you to, to lean on her knees and you instead – squatted down on her instead you know I'm sure that was part of your body saying like no this this is what feels right this is what needs to happen yeah I'll never forget it like it was um I think she was there in my head just saying do this and and I I also remember Joe like holding a cloth on my perineum and it was nice and warm and I was like oh like that's so good like I'm not gonna tear like or anything and yeah she just came out so easily and uh, it was just the next like six days. I think I was, 
I don't know. I was definitely in heaven. <laughs> that oxytocin, it's just amazing. Oh, that's so beautiful. How was your postpartum with her in comparison to your first? Oh, it was so much more relaxed. I think after having a home birth too, like you're only your very closest friends only come over because I guess because it's not a public space like a hospital. So yeah. it's really just go with the flow and it's just like you really do spend your days around the bed and it's really beautiful. It's a beautiful bonding time for your family and especially if you have a younger one. Um, mm. I think they adjust really easy to it because they just like they haven't had to cut, show up at a hospital and be like, oh, there's a new baby. They've been involved in the whole process so they feel quite yeah. a part of it. Even before the baby arrives, you know, they're there when you're making plans and you're setting up the birth pool and it's just the integration seems a lot more smoother. Yes. Was she awake when you were birthing? Uh, she fell asleep 20 minutes before the baby was oh. born. But when she woke up in bed with the baby there, she's like, oh, baby's here. Aww. So she was um, very excited and she knew what had happened. We played back the videos for her and she um, she loves watching the birth videos. So That's so sweet. She, can see what the missing pieces were and same with me like there were a lot of things I missed out on that I I can relive through the video which mm. is nice too yeah it helps you put it all together yeah definitely it's so nice to relive it isn't it you don't often get to talk about it and it's nice to be able to have the opportunity to go over it and over it again oh it really is at least once a week I I rethink something from my birth because oh. it was just so good and you're still in the house that you birthed her in as well no, we've just moved house, but we still, I mean, we're just renting where we are right now, but yeah. we still have her placenta. So I think when we do settle in the house that we're going to stay in, we'll, um, we'll bury her placenta in the garden. Yeah, it's, it's a hard one. It was very hard saying goodbye, but we're only a couple of streets away, so we can walk past. <laughs> and you've got all those memories captured as well, you know. I mean, it's a, it's a small part of you know, you were there and you've got all those memories captured and you've got them to look back on. So not actually living in the house is, you know, it's hard to say goodbye, but you've got pieces that you can take from it too. Yeah, definitely. After your birth, um, what was your health like and what was the process with with all the other things that were going on before she was born? Um, so I think about six weeks after the birth, we did a CAT scan and there were still a few little areas lighting up. It wasn't serious, but we decided to um, do some curcumin infusions to try and keep it at bay, which I think really helped. And that meant I could still breastfeed as well. Yeah. And um, it's only been in the last week that um, it has kind of come back and we will have to do... We're going to, we're looking at immunotherapy and getting into a trial for that. Right. And so I will, when we do start that, I'll have to stop breastfeeding. I'm yeah. really happy that I've been able to get clearance to 10 months. 100%, especially and after the first, um, after the first options that you were given, you know, you defied all those odds and you were able to go full term with her and birth her on your own terms. Like, I think that's a victory in your books. I think when something like that happens, you need to 
you can't just depend on your doctors to do all the research for you. You've got to look at everything and you've got to ask your support team, like your friends, anything that they know and just gather all the information and make an informed choice that's mm. best for you and your family. And um, But there's always a way that your first option's never necessarily yeah. your best option. Yeah, yeah, that's so right. After you after you had her and you went back to see your care providers and the medical professionals, did you receive any? Uh, I was going to say poor treatment, but did they kind of were they were they shocked that you ended up having a home birth? Were they still trying to control where you where you went with your breastfeeding journey and trying to push certain things on you for your treatment? Um, well, we went back to Lifehouse uh, um, because we wanted to see the nurses that looked after me while I was sick and um, they were like, oh, did you have her at 28 weeks? And I said, no, we had a home birth and oh my the head of the hospital was there as well and she was like, oh, my God, a home birth? <laughs> I'm like, yep, we sure did. And so there were a lot of faces going, oh, my goodness, but we were <laughs> – we were happy to tell them that because people need to know that there are always other options. Yeah. Even if you may not agree, yeah. it's good to know that if you want to try something, if you truly believe that you can do it mm. and you have this, have a good support network, um, the world is your oyster. Yeah, like, definitely. I think it's, it's so important for medical professionals to see that as well you know not just for you to share your experience with your peers and with people in your community but for medical professionals who who weren't giving you that as an option in the beginning to then know that it was a real option and that's the option that you decided to take and it worked out perfectly yes definitely my um when I saw my surgeon he was really happy that we were successful and that everything went well yeah it was really good yeah, we wouldn't change a thing that we've done and we're just so happy we believed in ourselves and stuck to our guns, I guess. So what's what's next for you in, in terms of your health and, and moving forward? I think if we get into this immunotherapy trial, we'll try that. Yeah. And um, I'm still doing some curcumin infusions yep. here and there and... Yeah, just taking lots of vitamins, eating well, a bit of exercise and I think being happy too, like not yeah. stressing about the little things is really important and yeah. making the most of your time with your children. I think just Definitely. getting down on your hands and knees and playing, whether it's with blocks or in the dirt or in the garden, like you just got to soak it all up because these these precious moments don't last forever. Oh, that's what I was going to ask you. Do you think that going through your journey has changed how you how you parent and how you mother and just how you live on a daily basis? Oh, most definitely. Like it, it's showing me what is really important. And I think too with all this happening, you find out who your real friends are mm. and your real family and it has just been eye-opening and I'm so thankful for every moment that has come from this I'll um I'll be forever in debt to all of this happening like I know it sounds funny but for me having cancer has been a blessing in disguise and um yeah I, I wouldn't change it for kids 
Oh, that's so beautiful. Been good. It must be easier for you as well, looking towards the end of your breastfeeding journey, knowing that it, at least that it it's on your terms, you know, and and you're making the choice to to do that, and you can prepare for it and and start to you know end your breastfeeding journey in the way that feels best for you, not not to never be able to breastfeed her or to have to stop abruptly. Yeah, it's it's been really good, and I from our postnatal group too, like I've had offers of donor milk if we needed it, which has been so lovely from all the mums. Like everyone has just been so supportive. Like I just and people like I don't even know have like made me meals, and Aww. it's just amazing. That's so it's beautiful. Yeah, it just goes to show that when you surround yourself with the right support network and immerse yourself in the right communities that, you know, fit well with your lifestyle, then the support that you get is just immeasurable. Yes, oh, definitely. Like, I I can't be more thankful. Like, it's, it's been one of the best times of my life. I do have one question that I like to ask at the end, and it's about... Um, from your experience and everything that you've learned, if there is one thing that you could tell others, one piece of advice you're looking to start a family, what would it be just based off your experience? What would you, one thing that really stuck out to you that you wish you had have known before you went into having children yourself? Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, number one, read Rhea Dempsey's book. And number two, if it's out by the time you're having a baby, um, I'd watch the Birth Time World documentary or even they have um, little videos of Henna Dalen and Bashi yes. talking. Like that for me was the first thing I saw before I had definitely decided I wanted a home birth. Oh, really? And wow. the whole room was just electrifying. Like the, the hairs on my arms were standing up. Oh. And um, I just I felt so empowered walking out there, and and I knew that night I was like, Joe Hunter is going to be my midwife, oh. <laughs> and and I think I rung her two days later because I knew I was five days pregnant, but oh I thought I just goodness. give it a couple more days, and it did. It happened. If you envisage it, it will happen. I feel like we take we take for granted our right and our choice to choose who we have with us in that moment and around our births you know and so many so many women and families think that it's almost a luxury to just um just go go to hospital and have the people take care of you and and not have to worry about choosing who's going to take care of you and and who your care provider is going to be but it goes so much deeper than that and there's so many more benefits you can reap if you take the time and effort to to really find someone that vibes with you and then really works with your family dynamic oh most definitely um joe was the right fit for us in so many ways and i don't know if we would have gotten through everything we did without her yeah and even the support of our doula, Jerusha, like she was a massive help too. And just knowing you have that support network there, not just during your birth, but mm. after your birth. Yeah. And even still now, we all friends and we still talk and check in with one another. And um, yeah, it's, it's really beautiful. I mean, I definitely don't talk to my old obstetrician, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> 
I know they like polarizing experiences, aren't they? Yes, most definitely. Oh, that's so, so yeah, get, if you can, I would get yourself a private midwife, read Rhea Dempsey, watch Birth Time, and if you can, go to a she births course. And a great chiropractor will help you too for your pregnancy. Yes, alternative <laughs> therapies, just complementary in addition to, you know, whatever it else it is that you're doing. Thank you so much for sharing your story with me. Not a problem, Sarah. I'm so glad to be sharing and hopefully if someone else is going down the same path, it'll make something in their mind click and go, yes, I can do that. Yep, 100%, definitely.